Hello, welcome to Noir Transformed, the podcast, or Transforming Noir. I'm your host, Moya Bailey. I created and coined the term Noir in 2008, and this podcast is an opportunity for me to interview and talk to some of the people who were instrumental in helping me come up with the term because of the incredible work they were doing online. Join me as I ask guests about their own experience with misogynoir online and how they imagine its transformation. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy as we answer the question, how can misogynoir be transformed? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Noir Transformed, the podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Sudet Harry. Sudet is one of those uh, people that you might know better by their fabulous handle, Black Amazon, which I hope will get into how you came up with that handle as well. But Sudet Harry is always a far rock first generation Guyanese. She loves to ask questions that help us to be as kind or as forceful as possible around media. She is slightly obsessed with information, architecture, design, the difference between bias and context, AI, history, and performance studies. Community lead editor at large at the Coral Project, she was most recently editor at the Mozilla Foundation. Her writing has been in the Rockaway Advocate, Foreign Policy Journal, Model View Culture, Bitch, and some of her presentations include the UN, TED Civic, and Code for America. She is Black Amazon Online, and she'd rather be in the archives or at the gym. So thank you so much, Sadat, for joining me. It's such a pleasure to like pleasure. talk to you. I laugh at that bio because it was like my last night, my last, my last thing is I'd rather be at the archives of the gym. I haven't seen either of those in about 16 months. <laughs> <laughs> because we're in what? A panorama. Panchetta. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, since you're not doing that, perhaps we'll start there. What are you doing with yourself in these, um, you know, pandemic times? I am surviving. I think that's the number one kind of thing. And I, I am, yeah. uh, for so many people, I, I did the thing where I moved out to L.A. That that was from my fellowship at the Annenberg Center. I moved out to L.A. to do that. And then the panorama hit. And I actually ended up having to fundraise and move back to New York. So I moved across the country twice in a year and yeah i'm never doing that again <laughs> i'm never doing that again babe but um it's basically you, you, you try to survive and they're very i think for me the very basics of like now i'm looking for a job in the as well as the very reels of like i've been doing things the last thing that i published some articles wrote an article for wired about specifically towards misogynoir about how listening to black women is the one thing tech can't manage and lo and behold all of the things that we have discovered because of that failure and i also worked with new america new america on um 
outreach for vic uh, vaccine outreach in Colorado for undocumented and non-English speakers. And also like independent projects of looking at how to de uh, improve design access and content strategy and content architecture uh, as a actual field. So not just mm -hmm. the idea of that's the being in the archives and the design is that, especially from the perspective of a black woman, uh, black woman, first generation, all the things I put in my bio, there is often this idea that you have just the diversity concerns or the standard of the the standard of the framing of everything is going to be fixed just if you add some diversity like the way people like almost like salt bay if you do this and you just sprinkle some diversity on it <laughs> it'll fix the thing rather than it being a a actual fundamental epistemological pedagogical challenge so when Come i say, so when i say hey you have to include black women and you have to talk about our experiences and black non-gender non-gender conforming people and black people in general and all of the ways that we are diverse and how we change the very fundamental things I'm not talking about just like, hey, give me more skin tones on the emoji, even though that is really important. I'm talking about you actually have to look at how the linguistic structure is managed. And if you think about like the origins, especially of the online thing, I think that a lot of times when, because I am very social media famous, yes. I, was like, I was like, we can be famous for this? Okay. But um, when people think about it, it's like, oh, you mean platforms and like how they include and who they hire. And they think, I'm like, no, I'm talking about the actual use of binary code. I'm talking about the actual study of how when you have fundamental books on the way we use the internet based on the cathedral and the bazaar, I'm going to ask you to question how they very much designed the cathedral and when and what does that mean? Because that has influenced, if we're going to say that architecture influences us from the first design of the cathedral in the Middle Ages, we're also going to talk about how that cathedral design influences the way we can make choices online. And if we really well. design for the world, we've got to go there and because we did not have inclusive or instructive um, design and often sometimes I question that because I'm like, you included the possibility that I wasn't human, that's baked into the design. So if we're gonna go back and talk about changing this design, we've gotta be poking at the very fundaments of it. So there are times where it's like, so how do you, so how do you look at design and people have to bring us, oh, how do we do it in the internet? I'm like, well, no, you actually have to talk about like that 10, maybe 20 year time in a, uh, of medieval history when they were making manuscripts, when they were actually trying to spread the gospel and convert people. So they were thinking about how you brought in people who were not of their culture and class and not of their space, mostly because they were confronted with the other. But the way they designed that is probably going to be more informative at this point in the game than the ruminations of like people who are doing very surface work. And it's that's that's a lot of, and it's hard work because it's hard place to, we often have to justify our, theoretical and philosophical flights of fancy. They always have to be practical in ways that our white peers or our more academically or ac academically or institutionally connected and valued peers don't have to. Absolutely. We white men to sit there and think. We don't pay black women to sit there and think. And often we also, we don't even, even when the projects are functional, we don't pay or actually support them. So that's that's been a lot of that. It's like going from place to place or trying to find places where you can do this this work, which in uh, in other people's bodies and in other people's fields is easily celebrated, but is not for mm -hmm. people like me or even the issues of where I'm mostly concerned. They are not celebrated until they are funded by white people, or they're not mm -hmm. celebrated because they do not Im 
they are they they are not sexy. Like one of my big big concerns outside of like content strategy is how do you do not localization but just straight up translation, mm. making sure everything is in plain language in the most spoken languages in any given area. And localization assumes that you're going from place to place and you're just localizing. And I don't like that framework because when people say America, they mean English and they use English. But when we're talking about it. The number one, the languages that are most spoken in, uh, in America now in top 10 will include Korean and Wolof. We need to talk about the same experiences of space, the same experiences of time and condition, just in different languages. So I, when people say, oh, we're going to look, when you localize for, for South Korea, it's the same as localizing for Korean in Atlanta. No, that's not true. So how do we do that kind of very basic building block work, that kind of architecture? So that's what I've been trying to do for a year, but also just the world on fire <laughs> that too do you want to i'm so curious then you talked a bit about origin and i want to know a little bit more about your origin story how did you come to do this work uh both in terms of your online presence and your emergence as black amazon and then also how you see that connected to the work that you're speaking of of trying to get people to pay attention to um, the infrastructure of the internet? I think they, they are, I like to talk about my commute and the my commute and the ocean. If I was to really go into the larger sea things is that my family is from Guyana and Barbados and little bit little bits and pieces from Brazil and Haiti, but we very much identify as Guyanese Barbadian. And the joke is that if one of the things that I've heard about Guyana, my family is that we have a thing called the seawall, which is, where one of the bigger hurricanes in the seventh, the 18th century was, wiped out the shoreline of Guyana. And mm -hmm. while it was a colonial, while it was colonized, it's still colonized, but was they were on thing. And th they took, when they freed the slaves, there was a good section of the Bayesian, Bayesian slaves that um, they, sold, they sold land to in Guyana. And supposedly the plots of, the the plots of land were allocated in, in proximity to the seawall by how likely you were to be considered disposable or troublesome. So like those closest to the seawall, it goes over again, goodbye. And whiter, wealthier people were moved inland as much as you can, because you also write about the jungle and it, and then there's the little roads into the Amazon. Part of that way I got the name. Yes. And our family, our traditional family plot, when I last went back from pictures and things like, if you stick your head out of our house you can see the ocean we're two plots in so there's <laughs> we were very much situated that if it got two storms too many we were floating on the ocean got um, you because we were troublesome and i've i've worked hard to maintain that family distinction <laughs> i think you have succeeded but the, the other part about that is that i um my mother's a union was a union organizer part of that my father was a mechanic and uh, entrepreneur and a hustle man. So there is very much like a lot of my life has been formed by making community. Like you, you find your people, you are, you're in transit, you're in a new place, you're in a new spot, you find your folks and you make community of culture. And I was, um, I was, uh, my father was deported my senior year of college. So right after the Patriot Act, uh, mission accomplished they 
my father has been deported. We were mixed documentation. My father was convicted when I was very, very young. He served his time. And I've always been in the experience of having a family that was was dealing with documentation, my mom's, my dad's, and finding out how universal that was for uh, millennials later in life, now that we are geriatric millennials. <laughs> It keeps changing. We've been Xennials, geriatric millennials. uh, Oregon Trail generation is my favorite. Oregon Trail, but technically I'm too young for Oregon Trail. Oh, really? Okay. I'm too young for Oregon Trail, and I only made geriatric millennial by like one year. I'm like... (laughs) Got it. And there is that... And that, like, having that experience is that when blogging started, when a lot of other things started, it was so obvious that while we had access to technology, they didn't mean it for us was for the content. We were blogging and writing and finding each other, but they didn't mean us. And even if you look at the history now, what's being written, I'm also terrible. I'm sometimes I'm often with myself, but I am relentless because I think culture, tech culture, content writing, fellowships, nonprofits have done a severe disservice that they have yet to actually properly atone for, for really doing reparative steps, both in terms of epistemology and just general community care for how white they made the early days of this and how much that failed because this was a, this is something that I believe was a worldwide coming of age for us because Facebook started my senior year of college. I was one of the, we were, I was one of the first five colleges to get it. So it was a very, I was experiencing my father being deported while I was graduating from an Ivy League school. And those kind of dichotomous experiences and then having a long commute because I live in Far Rockaway. When my parents emigrated, they found an ocean. So we're right, I'm walking distance from the, um, I've always been walking distance from the Atlantic. In most of my life, I've lived walking distance from the Atlantic. And being drawn to water, I think, is not, is a personal thing, but I also, it's like the idea of vastness and communication and travel and the different ways we can trade it. And even looking at like the, the cable line that sent telegrams that become the telegraph lines, and this is how we communicate. And when and then when i graduated in 2005 if i don't it, what happened three years after that for the millennials is we had the 2008 housing bus so jobs which now became again governed by who you knew access etc cetera, etc cetera. well that's cute but when you are a first generation college student with a deported parent you don't have the access to have fellowships and things like that for free so I got a job and I was looking for a job. I did after school teaching. I did, I was part of a, I helped, I did a experimental theater and street performance. Um, I was, I did a minor in theater and I love theater, especially world theater. Cause it was very interested in like the different ways you can play with Shakespeare and like take these kind of broken stage texts, the things of constantly performances and how changes made so like i loved looking at especially because 2005 2001 to 2000 like 10 the royal shakespeare company in england kind of like latched on and was really doing it and then there was the edinburgh festival and for me that was really exciting but what always excited me was the uh, concept of communication and this is the way the unheard or this is the way people who are not generally mainstream talk 
how do we build that knowledge? And then I was looking for a job that had healthcare because all that stress has probably bottomed out my reserves. And guess what? Apple. Apple is going and Apple is about to debut a brand new product that is very exciting. And Steve Jobs pulls it out on a out on a um, stage and he's in the black turtleneck that becomes iconic. And while all of these people talk about it, I had to sell the first iPhone. I actually missed getting a free one. The three, <laughs> Again, I'm doing a lot of the work and not getting the benefits. Wow. But, there is uh, there is that moment, and I worked at Apple for seven years after that. So that would have been, help me, about 2007 to two, yeah. 2008 to 2015, 2000. Wow. And like, there were magical moments of like leading coalitions and things like that, but I also experienced general racism, pay inequality. We went through two major things where they magically adjusted our pay because we had been paid less and they didn't talk about why. But I noticed that all of us who had our pay adjusted looked a certain way or had certain genital genitalia or had some gender expressions. Yep. It's like, wait, why are all of the genderqueer kids with purple hair and the black kids having to be walked in to get pay adjustments? And I think my time was that, like, I did public expressions. I was doing all that. I was in video that had been all around Apple. And I think what was interesting to me is right before I started Coral, I was told that I couldn't do a job on community management because they didn't believe that I had a big enough vision. And within six, six to eight months, I got accepted the job for Coral in which I helped research the, the vision in terms of comments for platforms. Coral still going, uh, Coral was acquired by, uh, Coral was under Mozilla. It was a partnership between Mozilla, the New York Times and the Washington Post. So I was working, I was actually embedded in a newsroom where we were working at the same time. And it was watching a lot of these comments in the middle of that is that I am, the name Black Amazon comes from the, well, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm Black. Uh, but I am also about 5'11". So I'm Amazonian in structure. And South America, mo- biggest known w- river in South America is Amazon. Yes. Also, the joke is that... uh. I have white ancestry and they are all from a very specific tribe that is my family name who was famous for just lighting shit on fire. And they again were put on like literally part of it, the, the Scott the Scots Irish, literally after a time, and it's large, large things like, okay, we're gonna put you on the boat because if you are not helping us like suppress the Irish, you are too busy burning down things. And those became my white ancestors. So, so there, there is very much like the the relationship to water, and the kind of just like okay, so the people you sent on boats, and a lot of my internet time and blogging was about right after my father deported and working in these places where you're experiencing these racism, but also watching the world online is getting involved in media feminism and blog feminism and hearing this is the wave of the world that will represent you and represent all of the people who are unheard. And it's like, this is feminism. And we're like, no, absolutely not. And that was a really roundabout way, but I just like the, in terms of the things and then there was like a, there was a, there's been targeted harassment out around since at me since I was 22, it has escalated up into like FBI sections. And it was part of uh, Hugo Schweizer became a very big name, which everyone knows he was trying to publicly get me destitute. 
he didn't succeed. But the people who promised to learn better also never fulfilled their promises and have continually like lived on their racism. And it is in the blood. People talk about their legacies. And I think too often we think of, talk about legacies in terms of how we are accepted. But when you are marginalized, but also from a very specific sea, blood and fire, which I think is in my bloodline, is, oh, well, I may not win. I may, not, I may die trying, but I won't. So there is a lot of well-earned and at times kind of scattershot. I have a reputation for being willing to fight anybody on the internet. <laughs> it's like no <laughs> like it's the president of the united states he's wrong and there we are he's wrong jack Dor jack is wrong jack's a billionaire yeah. I care. the money didn't make him right and whether that's good or bad it's very much it is important to do the right thing and be kind to people especially when you know what it's like to be the kind of person nobody's kind to and when you look, when I look at my work, kindness involves consideration. And when I look at content structures and online structures and how we make things and build things, so often it is a sin of omission. But to me, I more think of it as a sin as a sin of unkindness. If if you don't even think about these people, it is after a while systemically with all the tools we have and the resources we have. I think that is an ultimate unkindness. And when we live in a world where people are steamrolled often sometimes trying to get people to be kind is not soft it's not the okay i'm gonna hold your hand and walk you through and help you understand it's no i'm going to make sure that you have standards and regulations and you have rules not even rules but you have agreed upon contracts of consent for how we treat people and when you don't meet that we push back mm -hmm. and whether or not that is good for me or whether that is not is good for my own personal achievement, my own personal desires. Not exactly sure. That is, this is a time of unknown. This is a time of uncertainty. But when you see the other side of this, the community that I've had for years, how long have you and I known each other now? Oh, Two thousand, we've probably been around like the first AMC ish, which was like twenty two thousand eight. Yeah, eight. Me and you were two, 13 years. Yeah. We've been in various communities that have really held each, each other down when couldn't happen. Um, I have been part of fundraising efforts for that have raised tens of thousands of dollars just by me getting on the internet and begging like, please, please. And being able to analyze media and watch it together and hold each other close. If the ones, if one of side of this is this the constant kind of the 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 bitter of I'm not being compensated, what's happening, racism, misogynoir, classism, xenophobia, all that. The other side is the sweet. How 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 much has being able to be connected to each other kept us alive and done good in the world and I, those stories cannot be separated they are so wonderful oh and that's what i appreciate about you so much Sadet, is that you hold <laughs> both of those intention both those negative experiences of the misogynoir and then also the transformative power of the platforms so i'm curious for you what has you excited in these internet streets currently are there the any platforms? Gen Z doesn't give a shit about us. Makes me happy every single day. Come on. <laughs> I, 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 this is something that I, I constantly work on to be a 
apologizing, but also like I apologize so that I can, so that I'm like I'm I can get away with not being sorry later. Yes. But, but there is there is there is such a strum und drang I think among <laughs> like certain sections of the internet and writing and research even of oh my god the the Zenios thinks Gen Z thinks that we're we're um we're old and they don't like our gifts and they think we're chuggy. And I am like, I am 36 years old in a yeah. country that did not, that at times I did not think I would make it past 10. And at various points, I did not think I would make it past 20. And there were a couple events where I thought I was going to die that night. Woohoo! Yay yeah. me! Let the kids have it. And also like, 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 oh my God, the, the kids don't think my my things are that. I'm just like, but why are you so concerned with being in their space and not making our space the most wonderful place? Because right now, a lot of us millennials are just hitting our stride. We are doing amazing things. Look at the art. Look at, like, let's talk about representation. Let's start about the art good in the bag and criticism that we are getting platforms. Like, come on. I'm, I was watching um, Exterminate All the Brutes. That couldn't have gotten made three years ago. I'm excited to watch Underground Railroad. That couldn't have good, gotten made couple years ago all of that and then like we even let's talk talk about asian representation that's actually a thing we talk about now we we you know lisa factora yes our baby but like i remember when she was talking about kiriarchy and people said she had made up the word it was full of it and like that that. and she was talking about being a radical filipina and people thought she made that up and i'm like now that shit's on hbo max Come on. Okay. I, now that's on HBO Max, I don't see her, a lot of people talking about her. But like the people that we have connected across all of these things and seeing where that, that's come back, I love being old enough to drive and drink and have a little fun in this time. And if the kids who can't do that yet are pissed at me or think that I am like, Ugh, yes, because the concept that we have a world that has enough in material and distribution and contact points that you can have your own space. I don't. I want. So I want the kids in my life. I want the kids I don't know. I want the elders I don't know to have the ability to feel fulfilled and shown in spaces that don't exist. And it also makes my job easier. Well, when I try to argue for representation and clear access points, because we're going to stop this idea of the standardized user being a white guy. We're going to stop this idea of the standardized use case. And Sarah, Sarah Walker Boxer talks about, I hate the phrase edge case. I like stress case. I like use case. I like personas. Because not everybody's going to be like you when we design things, Chad and Paul and Peter and Tom. <laughs> it's going to be us. It's going to be a Sedet. It's going to be a Moya. It's going to be a Xena. It's going to be a Rui. It's going to be a Cordelia. We're the the possibilities are actually endless. So the actual design has to have that concept. It has to. One of the things I'm really looking at is mm, working with designers, and I think that's it also serendipitous. Is that I've basically had to kind of self teach myself parts of design and content design as we get along. Because now that the field's going, but working with designers and futurists and technologists to be like, so what would it look like to teach people to design for a world where we don't automatically get rid of people at 34? Or we only we don't look at children only when they are thirteen and above because we can start selling them things. Come like, on, like we start designing a world where, right now, seventy year olds are doing YouTube. Right now, seventy year olds are doing YouTube. Yes, doing they are. Things, 
an eight-year-old probably knows how to use most of the computer better than I do and I've helped design things. But all of these people are now part of the public sphere and we have to design long-term because we're going to live, well, depending on how much we do with the environment, we're going to live longer. We're going to interact more. We're going to, and especially we're going to go through another set of roaring 20s, God help us all. But we're, we've been inside for quite some time. We want to get out. And we also don't want to, I personally don't want us to lose the lessons we've learned in accessibility, possibility, need for content. So yeah, I love it when kids don't want to be around me because that means that we have to build spaces where both of us can be. And then also when spaces are designed where both were, we might kind of need to be together. How do we teach people to be in those spaces? How do we get people the stuff they need? I am also really, uh, as we talk about this, we just passed the anniversary of the move bombing and everything that went down with that. And we are in the middle of watching the horror that is being enacted in Palestine. And there are times when we it is important, and I say that a lot of these things are complex, but uh, just like simple ain't, simple ain't easy, complex does not have to be hard. I like that. It's because simple ain't easy from like Winston Hughes, but complex doesn't have to be hard. Well, yes, there is a lot of complexity. There is a lot of history. There is all of that. That is important. Let's not navigate that. But the, the funda foundation is that nobody's life is worth it, worthless. And if any part of your, your, your attitude becomes fixated on, well, it's hard. Well, great. I'm going to start with the simple part. People, people deserve to live. They deserve to live with resources. They deserve to live with kindness. And if you are not doing that, it's not okay. Other people aren't your rhetorical devices. And what platforms have been good for and bad for is that you get to have that discussion. Sometimes it's just a fight and let's be honest. But there is also a very real reality is like when people have not been given these things, they are latching onto them and they're saying, I'm here. I'm saying, I want, I need. And we're also navigating people who are trying to use that maliciously. But we are doing it in public in a synchronous way. And I think that's part of the way, like, I'm like, let's go back to the manuscripts because that excites me. But also like the very importance of like, we're doing it in a async in the old days used to mean like six months, maybe a year. Async now is like 30 minutes. <laughs> if you see street shoves like in Japan, you're literally just waiting for me to get up or look at my phone. That's what async now is. And we're, we, you, you, you're not having that. And like, how do we establish clarity? And that excites me that we're even considering those questions and that there is a lot of just, no, I, like I'm, I'm not a perfect person, but I think one of the most exciting things to me is when a marginalized person is allowed to say no and not fear repercussions because anybody who can tell me no can also tell me yes. So my first thing, when I think about design, which is slightly when I think about design and access and platforms, it's like, who can tell you no? And are you can and let's let's be able to type, say no. Can I say no to something? And like when 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 we start building in the possibility of no, we start looking in terms of anti-punishment, anti-carceral, anti-resource wastes, because the fact that you said no does not mean that you can't participate. The fact that you and the fact that you cannot you can say no means that you do not have features and other things forced upon you. And that is what is exciting to me. It's like, can somebody say no? Can they say, no, I don't want an async on a historical timeline. Can they say, no, I don't want to hear see these ads. Because if they say yes, that's fine. But can the person that might be targeted for harm by that actually exercise their you know, humanity? And when someone can say no to me in that way, 
it makes their yes that much more valuable. Come on. That is, there's something amazing about someone actually volunteering to give you a moment of their time, their attention, years of work. Somebody has worked years on writing or drawing or thinking or acting or any kind of thing. To see that recognized and realize that it becomes a more beautiful way of being shared, of living out cultures and things like that. When you have space to truly honor that and, and amplify it, that is great to me. I mean, you've already answered like the last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just to, I guess, give you another chance to expand, which is just what does it look like to use digital spaces and platforms to transform misogynoir? How do you see that happening and how have you seen it uh, manifest in your own work? The exciting parts are that if a, when you finally start to get opportunities that that's not the whole focus of the work. Like one of the things that I would just like is <laughs> listeners, you cannot tell that I was gesticulating very, 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 very emphatically. I. I love being black. I love it. I just, I do. Uh, but there's also like the things that I like thinking about are content structure and times. And there are times when I just, I'm never going to stop advocating for black people. Don't, don't ever. N while I have, while I have the capability, but there are times when I'm just like, I just really want to talk about what would it be like to make a really cool website that got you the stuff you wanted in a way you wanted. Like when I am, we're all streaming now. We all are I have in my, in my, in my advanced years. Yeah, I'm that old. Sure. Okay, great. Um, uh, I haven't been able to do so much until recently. But there's like, okay, I've started to watch a lot of anime. Because right now my brain can't take a lot of heavy stuff. But it, I, one of the things that I have that happened to me often is that I'm watching and I'm like, but why can't I choose by the type I like? Why aren't I allowed to find all of these things? So taxonomy thing makes my brain go wee. That makes me happy. And there are times when there my tax that my response to that is being able to find what I like. When I get to say like, let's not be ableist, let's not distract the people. Like, oh, so you're working on diversity? Like, no, I just want you to make this better. I'm informed by this. Um, I'm also excited by other people's projects. Like, it is very, I was talking a little bit with Michelle Ferrier about open textbooks of media and innovation and entrepreneurship. Like, literally stopping to, like, when everybody is a, a business coach and a leader and things like that, and we're looking at all of these closed systems for us to just open up and be like, you want to do this work? What can it be? I am oh, deeply in love with how I've watched properties or places that I've supported and thought because I love it's I've talked about it, I like my I like my theater, I like my music. I have been in awe of places like Dust to Digital and uh, Bitter Southerner and Oxford American who have taken a very specific place that everybody seems to want to abandon the South. And I think that is racist as hell. And that's like a whole nother podcast, which I can say as a black immigrant of why that's important to me, because I've talked sometimes about the concept of cane people. Like how we who are from the lands that grown cane and rice and tobacco have special affinities because we have been dragged around to do so. 
but like how they have changed, like Bitter Southerner, I, oh, I love them from their original editor, Chuck Reese. They've since come over, but their way they've handled culture and talking about everything from the, the march at UVA to the shooting in Atlanta with such deafness and really committed to embodying not just, the people go old South, new South, but I'm just like all of the things the South are. And looking at connecting internment camps that were in the South to Angola prison and just, there, these are the amazing connections. Also, I've gotten really excited about the idea of looking at a semiotic web. <laughs> like, what does it mean to have a web that isn't just based on semantics and the funky things of like, what is one little design and one click, but what, what would it mean for you to be shown the things that are important to you and that can be layers and design the way that our lives are lived in layers? I also have um, always, I'm, I just love the fact that misogynoir is a word that people are using and using properly now in a lot of ways. Because I remember when people were like, you made that up. Yes, we did, because it was useful. There was, Moya said it, Trudy helped refine it. We talked about it. And now you have to use it as a real word. Are you mad? I'm so glad you're mad. Let's talk about why you're angry. And what that, may, and that doesn't mean I'm going to make, I want to make you happy, but let's talk about why you're mad. But that 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 kind of thing and also back to i'm also working on monica bealskite for foresight futures um she is a designer and futurist um she had a great um she, she's actually from i believe lithuania i got this right forgive me monica if i got it wrong but just this idea of what if the future was protopian not utopian not dystopian but protopian i am I am also excited about the thing that all oh, that first and foremost drew me to the enter, which is talking about sh talking about stuff with fr with friends and parasocial friends as long as they have good boundaries and people I like at dis discussing things. Just like not being a brand or an icon or a thing, but just like a person who gets really excited about swords and jackets and medieval things and black ass music. And like the country of Guyana, and I'm I'm a, I'm a New Yorker, so you know that I'm a New Yorker before I say anything else. And how exciting that is to talk about and be in, and when we were back and when we are back in whatever the world is after, really full time, being able to share that, but also having been able to use that to take care of people and also continue to share those things. And the in between, like we we we're not done yet. I think a lot of people have overestimated and it is soul cracking what we have survived. The trauma is a thing that will break us and remake us over and over again. But there is a absolute reality that as horrible have things have been, we could not have made it without each other. And part of making it without each other is this was this same here internet that I will scream and die and all of that. This Twitter, this, no, not Facebook, but these, and that there, yes, the next one might not be for me specifically, but getting to learn each other and actually sit down and not feel alone is a thing that we have looked for in humanity since the first time somebody drew a picture on a ball or gathered around flame. And then the first time someone recorded it. And then all of those, we've looked for that in each other. And at this time we had it and to varying degrees, we used it. Uh, we used it so beautifully. And when it was not used, when it was not used it to its best, best capability, it was not silent. 
people may not have been heard the way they wanted. I not might not have everything I like, but when there are less and less times when transgressions real, at real, imagined, or not fully verbalized have ever been met with silence. That doesn't fly anymore. And I think that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. That, that every day we can be better. Every time, a thing I've said is that I, I, I don't I believe neither kindness nor hope is flaccid or soft or just tinkly bells. That's not me. But I believe that as long as I have something to do, there's hope. And there is to look forward and see that there is so much work to do. It's, it makes me ever hopeful. And more importantly, to figure to see that there are possibilities for that work to include so much rest. The nap ministry also makes me really happy. Just like <laughs> there's very much that kind of cultural as of somebody going, sit down. But the the ability of there is there there is available to us enough resources spaces and people that we could do this work without we can do the work without having the work do us ashe and I, so it is what what are the most magical things that we can do and how can we actually spread that and that's in the way that we've been thinking about spreading the world where we all take a selfie and we are all optimized and positive vibes only um, sorry, I'm just very tired of hearing that. Like, I'm guarding my space and positive vibes. And like, I get it, but there's also just the going back to the sea. Um, the the sea is both the beautiful glistening thing and the murky, murky, dark, dark depths. And all of those create a place of life. And m the biggest dream I have for the internet in any space is that how does it support life? Not lifestyles, but life. How can we make this not a separate world, but a world that supports that part of the world that supports us? It's a tool and an environment and all those things. And we are in real time getting to see what can and cannot happen. And how can we make that as available and welcoming to everyone? That excites me. And how can we help them create things that not only represent living in this world, but make it easier for people and give us stories and things we can pass down to others. The same way I think about how my ancestors went from ocean to ocean and how I love being in archives because of what was left behind. It's about what, kind of locking in and weaving into a legacy and story and helping all of us leave that behind for the people from us and bring ourselves closer to the people who left that for us. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful possibility of a world is that. Um, can we just talk about this wonderful loop circle that you made from the beginning of your bio to, to your last comment? Sadette, I am so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for lending your voice and words as we try to figure out um, how to continue to transform massage noir. Uh, I hope folks will tune in for the next episode and thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Be well, everybody. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to another episode of Noir Transformed, Transforming Massage Noir, the podcast. I am your host, Moya Bailey. I want to also thank our producer, fabulous Jordan Myers, 
and you listeners for tuning in yet again you can find all of the fabulous information mentioned in today's episode via the show notes and also a link to the transcript thanks and we hope that you'll come back again bye